if you guys want sure. us to go on the amazing race drop a like drop a like <laughs> share i get 4000 likes <laughs> we'll apply for the amazing race and we'll win and we'll, we'll win it has to get 4000 or else we're getting third yeah you understand me Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Howie Mandel's favorite football <laughs> podcast. That's right, Joe. Oh How's it I'm joined once again by my producer, Joe Teetson. How's it going, Joe? Yeah, it's really good. That's good? I like the Howie, Mand- How do you- Howie Mandela thing. Howie Man- Mandela. <laughs> yeah, uh, how do you know Howie Mandel? I'm, I'm curious um, because I, I know where I know him from. Personal? It's probably not the same thing. Yeah, that's what you're I'm curious. Quite about. a bit older than I am. Whoa! I only know him. Carry on. <laughs> I only know him from AGT. Oh, AGT. Yeah, okay. That, so, so I kind of know him from there, but originally, what I know him Price from. The Price is Rice. Not the Price is Rice. He's not the host of the Price is. Oh gosh. Uh, but you're on the right track. Yeah. You're on the right track. Deal or No Deal. Yeah. You're deal or No Deal. Yeah. I say family. You ever watch Deal or No Deal? No. Mm. Do you, so you don't even know the premise of it? No, not really. Okay. Deal well, or let's... No Deal. Wait. Oh, I'm thinking about Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> there was a lot of those, like Family Feud, Wheel of Fortune, Deal or No Deal. Game shows? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them. AFB. <laughs> pretty, it's pretty much a game. No. Who has the funniest clip? That's I a guess. Yeah, you get yeah. money at the end. That's, that's it. fair. You're not right. It's a little bit of a different, uh, different setup than the rest of them. Like it's not like a so much a game. Oh. Well, I, I get, but they're not. I don't know. They're not. Okay, I'm trying to prove you wrong, but I can't really do it. No, <laughs> you have a fairly good point. I know. Unlike the sandwich thing, but we're not going to get into that again. What the heck? Not today. But I was thinking about. Uh, Howie Mandel, obviously, like I do every day. Um, you know he's a germaphobe. Yeah, I was actually gonna talk about that. Yeah, yeah. like he, an intense, intense germaphobe. But yeah. it's because it's because of his. He has um obsessive obsessive compulsive disorder, right? I thought. I think so. You're probably right. He also has omidophobia. I think it's called where he's a fear of vomiting. I don't know why I know so much about Howie Mandel. Really. I think because I kind of have that fear a little bit. I don't like really? to. I don't like to puke. It's oh. a very bad thing for me. Really? Yeah. It's fine. No, I hate it. It makes me just. It makes me puke. <laughs> it makes me so, sick. So, it makes me sick. How much? I can't I, believe it. I can't puke. <laughs> oh man! If you're listening to the show for football, that's great. You're too gonna, bad. You're, you're gonna, not gonna get it. Too bad. You're not gonna get it from the average Joe football show. Uh, we will talk football at some point. Uh, like we usually do, we had a really, really fun week of football this week. A lot of fun uh, outcomes to games. Uh, we'll get into that at some point. We're going to talk every single game that happened in week 10. We're going to preview uh, week 11, give you my picks. We're also going to talk about some dead narratives, some narratives, some some thoughts that we had maybe at the beginning of the season or even, say, a week ago that are now dead in week 11, going into week 11. But we'll talk about that. But yeah, anyways, I was thinking about Howie Mandel. Okay. Uh, and I was you know, also obviously thinking about um, how we can grow the podcast. You know, because we're... A, how we... How we... And he can. How, <laughs> he can grow the podcast he can, if he really wanted the to. The key is Howie Mandel. We have to go to his house and we have to pitch this podcast to to him. Or we just play it through our iPhone speaker. Yeah. <laughs> this Amp is our po- me. This is a, <laughs> it actually brings us to our uh, <laughs> sponsor of this episode, and it's Amp Me. Amp Me. Get your friends, get your phones, get Amp Me. <laughs> you ever have? <laughs> you have money for? You don't have money for a Bluetooth speaker, but you have money for two phones. Boy, have we got the app for you? <laughs> it's called Amp Me. It's called Amp Me. Hey man, you got Amp Me? That's their slogan. <laughs> You hey, got man, you got we're gonna show up to howie mandel's house and say hey you got amp me we're gonna show you our podcast yeah think howie mandel's into football probably not probably not in a, not into the man on man contact excuse <laughs> anyways i was close. thinking about ways to the to grow the podcast uh and i was thinking the best way would be this is not the best way actually there's many better ways okay. but here's the thought we start applying for game shows. That would be right. Hilarious, right? How crazy would that be? We're on a game show, and they're it's not so that crazy. Hard. It might just work. It's so crazy. It it might just work. We have a good. We even have a good pitch. 
We're two guys, Ugh. best friends who have the same name. And we have a football yes. podcast. Dude, we should go on the amazing race. Yes. Because that takes two people yes. to have a team. And maybe to make it even better, we could be like a couple. We yeah. Could get like fans, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we could, yeah, we could lie. They would love us. We'd be a power couple. <laughs> power couple. We could be, <laughs> yes, this is it. Dude, I'm saying we should right now yeah, commit to applying, even if it's the Amazing Race Canada. Yeah. Oh. Well, just, <laughs> Come on. The inferior We're version. We're both pretty smart and athletic. No, not I don't smart, even. Yeah. Not athletic. smart. Not all that athletic, but <laughs> we have a podcast. But we are handsome. <laughs> That's well, something, right? It, well, yeah, yeah. One of us is, that's for sure. Yeah. Um yeah, we you. should we should legit apply for something. I'm serious. I think that would be It would be funny. We could, they, they would ask us like they always have their occupations and we could lie and say we do podcasting for a for a job. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be our way oh, of promoting dear. the podcast, right? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I'm all in on this. Let's our lies would catch up with us. No, well I, let's at least go on the amazing race. If you guys want sure. us to go on the amazing race, Drop a like. Drop a like. <laughs> Share if them. I get 4,000 likes, we'll apply for the amazing race and we'll win. And we'll, we'll win. It has to get 4,000 or else we're getting third. Yeah. You understand me? No, but if you do enjoy the podcast, like we are trying to find ways to spread it out, uh, get people to listen to it. Uh, make sure you share it. You know, it's not that hard. Just share it on your social medias. Press the share button. Yeah, listen, follow on Instagram. Yeah. And when Joe posts something... Boom, send, share to yeah, story. Share to story. It takes 30, not 30, not even close 30, to 30 minutes. It takes half an hour, but <laughs> well worth it. Okay. Depends how good your Wi Fi is. Yeah. Uh, it's Trust actually, me, you should probably plug minute. in directly to the internet. Yeah. 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 It's the quickest way. You should way. go wired. <laughs> yeah. Because we need to get this thing rolling. Please yeah. share the podcast. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you're listening to, uh, Please leave us a good rating, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you are, are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, on an iPhone, if you give us a five-star rating, okay, and then you write a review. I don't know how this works. So you give a five-star rating, and then you can write a five-star review as well. So give us a five-star review. Put in that description of that review anything you want. Anything you want, and we'll say it on the podcast. Anything. Except if it's offensive or bullying or mean. <laughs> yeah. Or something that would get us canceled. But if you guys want to, you know, be involved on the podcast, give us a five-star rating, give us a five-star review, uh, and you, we will say though. we will say or discuss anything you want. It doesn't even have to be football-related. You can you, it can be anything. Say or ask any question in that five-star review, and we will talk about it on on a podcast eventually. I'm not going to say the next one because I sometimes forget to check our reviews, but mm. we will talk about it at some point. Uh, so there's your little incentive. And Joe and I will will try to get on the amazing race uh, as, as much as we can. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if we have any more stuff we want to talk about before we get into football. You know, the thing that most people are here for. We have 11 ratings. 11? Yeah. Oh, that's actually like, that doesn't seem like a lot, but you go on a lot of really popular pages they and they have, have almost none yeah. for some reason. I feel like that's another thing is podcasting has... It's like there is no really podcasting site that I've found yet that's good for like sh just sharing and discovering podcasts. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to to grow a podcast. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. And this is maybe a discussion we have outside the podcast, but that's why it's so key. If you do enjoy this podcast, if you want to keep uh, the episodes coming, share it with a friend, uh, share it on social media, give us a rating, follow us on social medias. I post stuff on Twitter. Uh, I think it's funny. Joe has my notifications turned on. Yeah, so I, got, always, I, hit the, I hit the bell. He hit the bell. Ding. Very good. Yeah. Uh, make sure you follow us underscore average Joe show uh, for a bunch of cool stuff, football and not football related. If you want to have not football related stuff, you can follow Joe on his social medias. Joe, what's your social medias? Uh, Joe underscore Thiessen. Very good. And that's on which one? Yeah, that's on Instagram. Instagram. And on Twitter, it's Tyson underscore Joe. All right. And his OnlyFans is... My OnlyFans is... Um, <laughs> not going to talk about that one this time, but next time. Maybe. That's that's in the... Uh, that's going to be the Patreon, Patreon content. content. <laughs> that one you have to pay for. Yeah. Twice. So nice, you got to pay for it twice. Yes. But why don't we stop this and get into football, Joe? We had week 10 of the NFL season. Wow. Let's jump right in, baby. 
week 10 in the books. I hope it actually is week 10. Sometimes I get confused. I'm pretty sure, yes, week 10 just happened. It's in the books. There are four teams on by this week, Joe. How many games does that make? So there's how many teams in the NFL? Oh my goodness. 32. 32. Minus four equals? 28. 28. Yeah. And then? Divided by two is 14. Wow. What? 14 games yeah. again. Yes, we're still in the bye weeks. Fantastic, Joe. Good job. That Thanks. was really great. Pretty good at mental math. <laughs> that was awesome. That was actually great. I was almost going to say 16 by accident. Because you're dumb. Because I am dumb. I'm not very good at math, uh, but I am pretty good at liking football. And there's a lot, <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's a lot of football to you, like this. You one. usually do pretty yeah. well, but that yeah. was not good. <laughs> that was not my greatest transition. Not going to lie. Uh but uh, you know what? No, I'm not going to try to do a transition anymore. The Colts played the Texans on Thursday night football. I picked the Texans to win. That did not happen. The Colts win 34-17. to Both teams now sit at 6-3. and This was a pretty cool game to start off with. Uh, Tennessee got off to a really hot start. Uh, they looked really good on their first drive, and I thought this was going to be uh, sort of a a coming out party for the Tennessee Titans and everybody was going to kind of, you know, show them respect and say, oh, this is a team that's uh, to be reckoned with in the AFC. Uh, and it did not turn out that way. It was it was a, a tightly contested game, especially in the first half. Um, Titans had a lead early uh, and the Colts came back and really uh, took over the game in that third quarter uh, when they had that blocked punt. They had a touchdown uh, and then they forced a three and out and then, and then had a blocked punt uh, that then that they returned for a touchdown. That's kind of when this game uh, took a turn. And this was a massive, massive win uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, who have had weeks uh, this season where I think they've struggled uh, and, and we're kind of questioning who they are uh, and what they really are going to be. Are they going to be a legitimate contender? Are they going to even be a playoff team? And I think this was a huge win in that division to take over the lead in that division uh, over the Tennessee Titans. Phillip Rivers played really, really well. 29 for 39, 308 yards, a touchdown, uh, no interception. Naheem Hines played really, really well. He is becoming the lead back there. Uh, Marlon Mack obviously got hurt in the first week of the season this year, and it seemed like Jonathan Taylor was going to kind of take over that role as a lead back. But Naheem Hines has kind of taken that role. Uh, he played really well. He had 70 yards on the ground and 45 yards in the air, two touchdowns, 115 all-purpose yards. And this was a big game for him. I think a lot of people probably added him on their fantasy team uh, because of that Thursday night game. Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry played okay. Tannehill only threw for 147 yards uh, in a touchdown. Derrick Henry did break 100 yards, did not score a touchdown. But like I said, this was a fast start uh, for the Tennessee Titans. But the Colts really took this game over uh, with the things that they're really good at. And that is... That is, uh, uh, if Phillip Rivers is playing mistake-free football, that defense is going to do what they what they need to do to win the game. And then the special teams plays were huge. Uh, and I think these two teams, they play again in two weeks. This could be an intriguing, intriguing division battle near the end. I, th I still don't want to say that the Colts are 100% uh, better than the Tennessee Titans. I could see this really going down to the final weeks of the NFL season, this division. But both these teams are really fun. And I wouldn't be surprised uh, at the end of it to see either of these teams uh, potentially in, in an AFC championship. So this was a huge win uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm excited to see these two teams face off again uh, in two weeks. Next up, we move to Sunday games, and we start off with the Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers, a divisional matchup. Uh, and this was uh, it was a competitive game, just like the Colts and, and Titans game. Early on, it was competitive. It was tied 17 at the half, and you thought uh, the Panthers are going to play competitive football against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were coming off an embarrassing loss uh, to the New Orleans Saints. Tom, Tom Brady... Uh, played a phenomenal game, uh, recovering from, like I said, getting embarrassed uh, by the New Orleans Saints uh, on, on prime time last week. Uh, he went 28 for 39, 341 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He also added a rushing touchdown on a quarterback sneak. Uh, and, and then you had Ronald Jones, who really broke this game open uh, there in the second half uh, when it seemed like it would be a competitive game. Uh, the Bucs ran away with it after Ronald Jones had a 98-yard touchdown uh, that really just 
like I said, opened the floodgates for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it was good to see for the Buccaneers, their three receivers have big time games. Uh, when a lot of people were questioning how they're going to be able to to you know feed all those mouths there at their wide receiver position. But Chris Godwin had 92 yards on six catches. Mike Evans had 77 yards on six catches and a touchdown. And Antonio Brown even had seven catches for 69 yards. So if the Buccaneers are playing like this, uh, and getting everybody involved, playing good defense, getting help from their run game, which they did not have at all uh, in that Saints game. I think they only ran the ball five times. But they're, if they're playing like this and they're playing up to the sum of their parts, uh, the Buccaneers are a Super Bowl con- contender. But it's just that we have not seen that week in and week out from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it, it, it's curious to see if we ever will see them uh, you know, consistently, consistently be that team. Uh, but but uh, they, they look that way this week. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, they're still a frisky team. They, they compete every single week. Matt Rule has them playing really, really good uh, competitive football. Teddy Bridgewater did get hurt in this game. You're hoping uh, that it's not too serious. It looked like a knee injury, uh, but uh, he's still questionable for next week. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that uh, on, on social medias and stuff, so make sure you follow us on there. But uh, yeah, this was a good, good fun game and a good bounce back game for the Buccaneers winning 46-23. to over the Carolina Panthers. Next up, we have the Seattle Seahawks going to Los Angeles and playing the Los Angeles Rams. And the Rams, this is another huge divisional win uh, for a team, and it's the Los Angeles Rams in this case. They beat the Seahawks 23-16. to The Seahawks, who seemed like head and shoulders above everybody at one point this season, they've struggled. They now have back-to-back losses. Uh, they're sitting at 6-3, and tied with the Los Angeles Rams. Jared Goff, uh, played well in this game, 27-37, 302 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, he he's he's making mistakes. It's it's a couple weeks in a row now that he's he's made some some key mistakes. He's 22 for 37 in this game, 248 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. He had 60 yards rushing, but he also had one fumble lost. So that's three turnovers in this game. He had four turnovers the game before this game. Uh, so he's got 10 turnovers in the last four games just on himself. And the Seahawks have some have some serious issues uh, below the surface. They're a team that looked like uh, they were just going to cruise all the way to the NFC Championship. But they have problems bigger than I think uh, most of us saw originally. Their defense is horrible. Just awful. They cannot stop anything. Uh, and we saw that this week. Jared Goff obviously played well. Uh, they have no defense. Jamal Adams... He can't cover, and that's their biggest problem. They 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 have nobody that can cover anybody at this point. And not only is is their defense bad, their offensive line has looked has looked like a problem. Uh, they had six sacks on Russell Wilson. Did the Rams this week? So you can't have that. Russell Wilson is just trying everything he can can to carry this team, and he might have fallen out of the MVP uh, out of the the pole position for the MVP because of that. Uh, like I said, he's had a lot of turnovers lately. Uh, he had two more in this game to Darius Williams, two interceptions, actually three turnovers because he had that fumble. Uh, just, a, just a disappointing loss for the Seahawks, but a big win for the Rams who are uh, bouncing back after an embarrassing loss to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and this is another division race. It's it's a th- pretty much a three-way tie there between the Seattle Seahawks, the, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Arizona Cardinals. And I think this is another division that's going to come down to the wire. We see the the Seahawks and the, and the Cardinals playing each other uh, this week on Thursday Night Football. Really looking forward to that game. Uh, but yeah, this was, a, this was a big win for the Los Angeles Rams. Then moving on to the next game, it was the Texans at the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns walk away with an ugly 10-7 victory over the 2-7 uh, Houston Texans. Baker Mayfield was not uh, impressive, to say the least. But he was 12-20, for 20, 132 yards, no touchdowns, but no picks. Nick Chubb, in his return from injury, had 19 carries, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt also went over 100 yards. He had 104 yards, so both of them combined had 230 yards. Uh, we saw the resurgence in Nick Chubb's return of that Cleveland Browns running game, and when they play like this, they're much harder to beat. This was another ugly, ugly weather game for the Cleveland Browns. We saw them uh, lose to the Las Vegas Raiders last week. Uh, in an ugly weather game, and I, they they bounce back and beat a bad Houston Texans team. Deshaun Watson threw for 163 yards, uh, a touchdown and no picks. It was hard to pass in this game. Like I said, the weather was bad, and it pretty much came down to the team with a better run game. And when you have two 
of the most talented backs in the NFL, probably the best backfield in the NFL for Cleveland, going against the worst rush defense uh, in the NFL. It's it's an, a recipe for disaster there uh, for the Houston Texans, and they dropped the two and seven. Seven. The Browns still very much in the playoff race at six and three. So this was a good, ugly win that the Cleveland Browns needed to get against a bad team. The next game we have is the Washington football team in Detroit facing off against the Detroit Lions, and they lose at the last second, 30-27. to Matthew Stafford, 24 for 33, 276 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He did get injured at the end of this game, but it doesn't look to be too serious. DeAndre Swift had himself a game as his first full game as, as really the, the, the starter, uh, starting running back on this team. He had 149 total yards, 81 on the ground, 68 in the air. Uh, had a big, big fantasy game, uh, week for DeAndre Swift. Alex Smith in his very first start, nearly, nearly leading a big-time comeback for Washington. He was 38 for 55. Crazy that Alex Smith is throwing 55 passes in a game. He had 390 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Scary Terry McLaurin still playing uh, really good football. He did have a fumble loss in this game, but had 95 yards receiving. And like I said, Washington nearly comes back from a 24-3 deficit. Uh, but Matt Prater, big Matt Prater, hits the game-winning 59-yard kick uh, to send the Lions to a victory over the Washington football team. And I think you can basically guarantee, despite the loss, Alex Smith is going to be your comeback player of the year because to even throw for any yards is crazy. And he actually played fairly well in this game uh, and nearly led his team to a big-time comeback. On to the next game. It's the Eagles at the Giants. And this is the NFC East, the division that everybody loves to talk about because it's just an absolute dumpster fire. And the Eagles drop a very important game to the Giants, 27-17. to I was watching this game with my good buddy Joel uh, Eagles are his favorite team, unfortunately, and boy, oh boy, was this a frustrating game to watch. As someone who who was kind of rooting for the Eagles to win this game, rooting for the Eagles to do something coming off a of bye week, uh, they did not. This was not a good showing for Carson Wentz, not a good showing for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Daniel Jones was 21 for 28, 244 yards, and he had eight, he had nine uh, attempts on the ground for 64 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles defense didn't look like they knew that a quarterback was allowed to run the football because they had no clue how to stop Daniel Jones running the football. He opened the game with a huge rushing touchdown, 30-some yards for a touchdown. Uh, he had that huge run against them where he fell down uh, in their first meeting. They don't know how to stop Daniel Jones. Uh, he looks like a Michael Vick every time he plays the the Philadelphia Eagles. And like I said, a very disappointing uh, loss for the Philadelphia Eagles as they drop now to 3-5-1. and one. Uh, The Giants at 3-7. and seven. There is a really essentially a three-way tie. I mean, the Eagles technically have the lead right now in the division because of that one tie. Uh, but this, this was such a bad, bad game. Uh, the Eagles defense had no idea how to stop uh, anything. And then Carson Wentz is throwing passes three feet above his receiver's head. And it's just, it's crazy how far he's fallen off. We talk about it every week. And somehow, some way, the Eagles find find a way to make us still have to care about the New York Giants. We had Dave Gettleman, their general manager, saying that everybody's telling him that they're the best-looking 2-7 and seven team that, he's, that they've ever seen, which is, I mean, how many 2-7 and seven teams can you even name, Dave Gettleman? I, I can't name one off the top of my head. But congratulations for being the best 2-7. and seven. Now 3-7 and seven team. Uh, and this division is just an absolute tire fire. And then we move on to the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers, another divisional matchup. And I almost, almost went bold and picked the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game uh, when I was doing my picks last week. And luckily I did because the Steelers walk away with an easy 36-10 to victory. Uh, Big Ben played really well, really well in this game. 27-46, 333 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Deontay Johnson having another big game, 116 yards receiving uh, and a touchdown. Joe Burrow uh, played all right. He was he was really harassed a lot in this game. He was sacked four times, uh, and, and the Cincinnati Bengals had two fumbles lost. Uh, big Ben looked awesome, like I talked about. This was a this was a dominating victory from the get go uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
their defense just suffocated uh, the Cincinnati offense. They didn't know what to do with themselves. And it's the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are now 9-0, and the only undefeated team still left. And the 1972 Miami Dolphins have to go one more week without popping that champagne because there's one more undefeated team, and they're now 9-0. and Moving on to the next game, and it's the Jacksonville Jaguars going into Lambeau and nearly upsetting uh, the Green Bay Packers. This would have been a really tough loss to take uh, if you're the Green Bay Packers, but they do pull it out in the end with a 24-20 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Aaron Rodgers was 24 for 34, 325 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a big-time game in this game. Four receptions, 149 yards and a touchdown. He's really struggled at times this season. Uh, so it was good to see somebody else step up there with Alan Lazard out for the Green Bay Packers. He had a big game. Jake Luton, uh, the, the, the guy who was a, a sixth-round wonder last week, he played really well going over 300 yards. In this game, he had 169 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Uh, didn't play quite as well. Uh, and like we talked about, the Jags, they, they hung around in this game. Uh, it definitely surprised me. Uh, they nearly pulled this game out in the end, uh, but but Green Bay was able to survive. And that, you know sometimes you got to win ugly in this league. Uh, Green Bay Packers they definitely didn't do anything to help the doubters this week. Uh, a lot of a lot of people uh, you know saying that Green Bay just uh, they have weeks like this where they just completely sleepwalk into a game. Uh, and this, so this is not going to help the doubters. But a win is a win, and you take it even if it's barely winning against a one and eight team. Moving on to the next game, and it's the Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. Another divisional matchup. And the Raiders really really took control of this game early and never relented. It was a 37-12 victory over Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos. Derek Carr had sort of a quiet game through the air. 16 for 25, 154 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. But Josh Jacobs and, and Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker? Is it Devontae Booker? Probably. Devon. Yeah, I'd say you you would you. I'm sure you would say it is. Let me look it up real quick. I, I should probably know this because I'm the football guy. But let me let me look it up real quick. Devonte Booker. It totally is Devonte Booker. Look at that. His nickname on on Pro Football Reference is Book Mode. <laughs> Book Mode. That sucks. That's a bad. That's a bad nickname. <laughs> Book Mode. That book sounds like mode. a like a Kindle or something. <laughs> I'm going book. I'm going mode. into book mode, baby. Imagine if Travis Scott made a song and called it Booko mode. <laughs> bu- 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 Booko mode. Devonte Booko mode. Ugh. But book mode had himself a game today with uh, Josh Jacobs along his side. They each uh, combined for 193 total yards on the ground and four touchdowns. Uh, th- this was basically a dream for John Gruden, who had. Uh, his run game really carry the, carry the day uh, against a lackluster Denver Broncos defense. Uh, and, and Drew Locke struggled hard in this game. He ended up, he, he was beat up really bad in this game. He did not look healthy for most of the game. He was getting hit a lot uh, early and often. He was 23 for 47, 257 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions. Uh, he's been rough lately. Uh, he's had a few games here and there where he pulls something out of his butt and somehow... Uh, you know, comes away with a win, but he overall this season it's been disappointing for Drew Locke for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if if the Denver Broncos are looking for a different quarterback. But we'll talk more about that later on when I get into my dead narratives part of the podcast. But a good win for the Raiders, who are quietly uh, six and three and really building themselves into a playoff team and could potentially be a be a legitimate contender in the AFC uh, this season. John Gruden has done already a much better job than I ever would have assumed that he would do. I, I thought it, I honestly thought it was going to be a hot mess when he got hired, when he signed that 10-year contract. But he surprised me. Him and Mike Mayock have really started to build something uh, there in Las Vegas. And they're an exciting team. They have a lot of young, exciting players like Josh Jacobs. Devontae Booker's been a, been a pleasant surprise. Henry Ruggs has been awesome at times. Derek Carr's looked pretty good this season. Uh, and then they have some guys on defense that are playing well. And overall, this, this Raiders team is being slept on. And, and they're a fun team. And then we had the 49ers going into New Orleans and playing the, the, the New Orleans Saints who just barely uh, sneaked by a very injured San Francisco 49ers team, a 27-13 victory. Drew Brees got really badly hurt in this game. Uh, he took a big-time hit uh, near the end of the, the first half there. 
and he ended up breaking. So he had multiple rib fractures and a collapsed lung. So he's going to be out for a few weeks. That's just insane. What is a collapsed lung even? Like, what even is that? It's okay. So, you know, <clears throat> you know how your your lungs work like balloons? Mm-hmm. So it's like if the balloon just went. Actually? It stayed like that. Is that actually what it is? Yeah, your lung doesn't work. How do you right? breathe then? That's a, You're pretty confident that's what it is? Not really. Okay. But it sounds like it though, right? A collapsed, Maybe. like it's collapsed. <laughs> I just always picture an x-ray of somebody's lung and it's just like a crumpled up little lung and it's just like... And it's just like, it's just like there. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, that's not what it is, but it's just like, that's insane that that's a thing what that is you have. Gray's Anatomy? Gray's Anatomy. Oh, man. No, it's not. It's the average Joe football show. Uh, and Drew Brees, like, I, I remember it was a few years ago. I think Tony Romo also had a collapsed lung. And, and that was, I don't even, yeah, that sounds awfully painful. I don't even know how you could even breathe. But he has, and not only that, but he has like three fractured ribs on one side and I think two on the other side. So it's like, a that's whole like mess of a situation. Respiratory, yeah. like, oh, that yeah. sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds awful. And he's not, he's not young either. He's he's like, he's getting up there in his age. I think he's in his 40s now. So Wow. Yeah, this that might be close to the end of his NFL uh, career, really. I mean, a lot of people assuming that this is going to be Drew Brees' last uh, season as the as a quarterback in the NFL and hopefully he doesn't go out like this he he finished eight for 13 76 yards and a touchdown Jameis Winston came in in the second half uh, went six for 10 63 yards didn't really impress all that much he is most likely going to be the starter now for um, for this Saints team for the next few weeks who knows how long uh, collapsed long is going to keep Drew Brees out he'll have to lean on on Alvin Kamara heavily who was amazing in this game again 98 scrimmage yards. He had three touchdowns. Really carried the offense like he's done a lot of times this season. Uh, Jameis Winston, like I said, is going to start games. And this brings me back to something that I wish I had talked about more in the offseason uh, when they signed Jameis Winston. But So Jameis Winston is a starter. They paid Taysom Hill so much money to stay the backup there to be this gadget. I, I don't understand because you have Sean Payton so many times saying how amazing Taysom Hill is, how great uh, Taysom Hill is he's he's the next Steve Young at times he said uh, and yet whenever Drew Brees gets hurt we saw it last year with Teddy Bridgewater as well Teddy Bridgewater taking over for Drew Brees how come Taysom Hill, Hill is not the guy that steps in how, why is this a thing that we just accept it's like oh yeah no there's no way that Taysom Hill would play why not Taysom Hill is not young I believe he's almost 30 years old uh, he's been there he's been in the system uh, if he's as good as you say he is, why the heck is is Taysom Hill not coming in there? Why do you constantly have to sign backup quarterbacks? And do they not trust Taysom Hill? And like I've heard people say, oh, Taysom Hill is just, he he's a different type of quarterback. He wouldn't fit the scheme. What is the scheme? The scheme is mostly short passes, very simple things that most quarterbacks I think would be able to manage. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that Taysom Hill or any quarterback would come in and, and do it as well as Drew Brees. But this is something that's been grinding my gears for a while if Taysom Hill is really as good as as the Saints want us to believe he is as much as they paid him why in the world do you have to have a, another quarterback to come in and take over why can he not just step in uh, and be the be the starter when Drew Brees is hurt uh, even if it's just for a couple of weeks that's something that's just been on my mind lately uh, but this was a big uh, big win uh, to get because who knows you know they're gonna be hard to come by with with Drew Brees out now uh, but Jameis Winston, obviously, uh, we've seen what he is. We're, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Sean Payton has, has taken some of those uh, mistakes out of Jameis Winston, some of the things that uh, he struggled with, a lot of interceptions, a lot of stupid throws. Uh, he has all the tools to be a phenomenal quarterback, and maybe this is uh, Jameis Winston's chance to revive his career like we saw with Teddy Bridgewater last year, who's now in, uh, in Carolina doing great things. Uh, we could see maybe the same thing from Jameis Winston here. On to the next game, and it's my Miami Dolphins hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. And this was a huge game uh, for both these both these teams, really. Both these quarterbacks. This was Tua Tungavailoa, the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, going up against Justin Herbert, the sixth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. So these guys went five and six. And up till now, everybody had been saying how how big of a mistake really it was that that Tua was taken at five. And Justin Herbert was taken at six. 
So this was kind of a, a big game, I think, for both these quarterbacks. And Tua walks away getting the best of his, his number six counterpart, uh, and that's Justin Herbert. Uh, he, he finished 15 for 25, 169 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, overall, not a huge game, but that's kind of how he's been this season. Uh, the Dolphins walk away with a 29-21 to 21 victory uh, over the Los Angeles Chargers. Salvin Ahmed, uh, the, the, what is it? fourth string third string running back uh for the miami dolphins now with everybody injured miles gaskins hurt matt Breida's hurt jordan howard was a healthy scratch he's now been released he's no longer on the team salvin Ahmed came in played really well uh he was 21 uh carries 85 yards and a touchdown uh justin herbert was 20 for 32 187 yards two touchdowns and in a costly pick uh near the end of that game uh, and this was a game that started off really hot, like a lot of games for Miami, started off really hot uh, for the Dolphins. Uh, they, they blocked a punt on, on the very first uh, Los Angeles Chargers drive, uh, and then they scored on the very next play. Salvin Ahmed run, ran it in for his first career touchdown. Um, this game was uh, very much you know, hyped up to be these two quarterbacks going up against each other. But once again, Miami's defense and special teams really really did most of the work in this game. We talked about that blocked uh, punt early on, and they made Justin Herbert look rattled at times, and they've done this with many quarterbacks this season. We saw them do it to Jared Goff. Uh, we, we've seen them do it, uh, you know, just to multiple quarterbacks, really, uh, throughout this season, and and this was by far Justin Herbert's worst game of the season. Uh, this this Miami team with the the ton of exotic blitzes that they send the zero blitzes cover zero uh, all these things that they send uh, and if you have a rookie quarterback an un- inexperienced quarterback he's going to struggle I think going against this defense and we saw that uh, Justin Herbert did not play his best game uh, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones did a really good job locking up those outside receivers Xavier Howard had that late uh, interception of Justin Herbert that really sealed it uh, for the Miami Dolphins this could this game honestly could have been uh, a blowout. I thought it was really heading in that direction early uh, until Ted Karras, the center for the for the Miami Dolphins, had a bad snap that went in between Tua's legs and 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 there was a mad scramble. Tua ended up having to make a touchdown saving tackle. I think it wasn't for that. This game could have been a lot more lopsided uh, than it was. But like I said, Justin Herbert comes back to earth in this game, and Miami continuing to win in all three phases. Uh, in these games, their special teams playing great defense, so great. I mean, they make quarterbacks look rattled uh, every single week. Uh, and, and people keep saying you cannot count on the defense making big plays and the special team making big plays every week, but it's happening every single week for the Dolphins. And they're now on a five game win streak. And if you look at their schedule, their next four games are very, very winnable. Or, sorry, next three games, very, very winnable. They're now six and three. They could very much be. Uh, Easily nine and three going into Kansas City for Week 14, uh, and and that's not bad considering where they were last year when they were tanking. Moving on to another AFC East team, uh, and it's the Buffalo Bills going into the desert to play the Arizona Cardinals, uh, and the Cardinals walk away with a two-point victory, 32 to 30, over the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills really controlled this game early. They were up 23 to nine. In the third quarter, Josh Allen had himself another good game, 32 for 49, 284 yards. He had two touchdowns, did also have two picks, but had a receiving touchdown early in this game. Uh, Cole Beasley played really good. He had 109 yards receiving. Uh, Stevon Diggs had another 93 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Kyler Murray, again, just playing phenomenal football, 61 yards rushing and 245 yards uh, passing, a touchdown interception. Two touchdowns on the ground. Kenyon Drake played good. He had 100 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, we'll talk about him uh, in a little bit. Seven receptions, 127 yards, and the game-winning touchdown. And this game was absurd. I mean, there was so many crazy things going on in this game. This was two fun teams going at it in a really fun game. Uh, and and the, like we talked about, the Buffalo Bills had a 23-9 lead. The, the Cardinals worked their way back into it, took the lead. Josh Allen goes down the field, uh, hits Stephon Diggs for what looks like a game-winning touchdown with 34 seconds left. Uh, everybody's excited. Uh, and then and then with 34 seconds left, 
Kyler Murray somehow, some way marches uh, them down the field and and with two seconds on the clock, uh, two seconds after this play was over, uh, Kyler Murray on the run, running around, looking for something, looking for anything, throws an incredible pass on the run while being hit into the end zone, triple coverage, DeAndre Hopkins comes down with the catch and this is probably the play of the year so far and will probably end the play of the year. I mean, this was amazing by DeAndre Hopkins through three Buffalo Bills defenders, catches it, wins the game essentially at the buzzer for the Arizona Cardinals, and they are now tied for first in the NFC West. Uh, I mean, this was a fun game. DeAndre Hopkins has been so awesome, as well as Kyler Murray and Josh Allen and, and, and Stephon Diggs. Both, I mean, all four of those guys have been crazy good this year. And, and both these teams, I think, are going to be competing uh, late into the schedule and obviously will be playoff teams, I think. Uh, and this was just an incredible game, incredible finish. You have to go back and watch this game if you have not watched it. Uh, what a game. And now moving on to the uh, Sunday night game. And this one was in an absolute monsoon. Uh, it was raining harder than I've ever seen it rain in a football game in my life. I've never... I don't remember a time where I've ever been able to audibly hear rain over the broadcast. I don't know if it's because these seats were empty in the stadium or what it was, but it was raining so hard in this game. Like you could hear it on the broadcast. It looked so miserable. Somebody was tweeting, uh, <laughs> I can't imagine all the squishy socks going on in this game right now. That's just the worst thing. Just having, just imagine like you're, so wet there's puddles in your shoes and you have to play a football game Lamar Jackson looked utterly miserable uh, by the way this was the Ravens at the Patriots if you don't know uh, and the Patriots walk away with a an upset victory 23 to 17 over the Baltimore Ravens and like I said Lamar Jackson looked very miserable for most of this game despite playing fairly well at times he ended 24 for 34 249 yards uh, one of his better passing games of the season. He had two touchdowns and an interception. Also had 55 yards on the ground. But but the Patriots really took over this game with their run game. They basically beat uh, Baltimore with with their own sauce, pretty much. This is this is what uh, Baltimore is known for: is for being a run team, run heavy, and and destroying teams with a run. And that's exactly. What the Patriots did in this game, Cam Newton had 118 yards through the air, had a touchdown, but also had 21 yards uh, rushing and a, and a rushing touchdown. Damian Harris had 22 carries for 121 yards, played really, really well. Uh, and like I said, it was raining so hard. It was hard to get anything going. Uh, definitely still a very disappointing loss for Baltimore. Uh, and the Patriots just refusing to go down without a fight. I thought you could basically count them out. And I guess technically you can't count them out. But uh, I'm not going to say they're a good team. Uh, I think this was a good win, a well-coached win uh, by Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. Uh, and a, a disappointing loss for Baltimore as Lamar Jackson is now 0-6 in his career when trailing by 10 or more points. And that's something they got to figure out because this is not a team that plays from behind. This is a team that gets a lead uh, and just whittles out the clock. That's kind of their game. And if they're down early, they cannot find a way to get back. And that's something you've got to fix because like we saw with the Chiefs last year, there's going to be times, you know, in crunch time, in playoff time, when you got to make a comeback, when things have not been going your way and you got to do something to, to, to get your way back in and win at all costs. And, and right now, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens cannot do that. Uh, and they could not do that this week uh, against the New England Patriots. And then finally, the final game of the week, uh, 10 schedule was the Vikings at the Bears in a defensive battle. Uh, the Vikings walk away with a 19 to 13 victory over the Chicago Bears. Uh, and this is Kirk Cousins' very first win on Monday Night Football. He was 0 and 9 on Monday Night Football before this game. He finally wins one. Uh, he finished 25 for 36, 292 yards, two touchdowns, and an ugly, ugly interception to Khalil Mack. Uh, they kept Dalvin Cook, uh, did the Bears. They kept him uh, in check for most of this game. He did finish with 96 yards on the ground, but he only averaged three yards per carry. They really kept him in check. And until Akeem Hicks got hurt, uh, they really couldn't get anything going on the ground. Adam Thielen had four receptions, 43 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, and Nick Foles was 
very ugly in this game. 15 for 26, 106 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. The Bears offense is frustratingly boring. I mean, it is just a, such a bad off. I can't imagine being a player on that defense and having to deal with that offense. I mean, like, their defense is legit. They shut down Dalvin Cook for most of this game. Dalvin Cook, who had been torching the rest of the league, and their offense can't get anything going. Nick Foles cannot hit open receivers. Allen Robinson is the only part of this team that actually is, looks fun. And I, I try not to, to pile on Nick Foles too much as he did get injured at the end of this game. He looks like he's going to be okay, uh, but he, he was not playing well before that injury. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, an ugly win for the Minnesota Vikings, but the Minnesota Vikings, they're right back in it. They're four and five. Uh, just like the Patriots, they're refusing to go down without a fight. But unlike the Patriots, I do think that the Vikings have the potential to really turn things around uh, and, and be a, maybe even a playoff team if, if they continue to play really well. They do have a, a, a fairly easy schedule coming up. Oh, yeah, and by the way, this was my lock of the week. Finally got a lock of the week. Bang, lock that one in. Uh, we'll get to my lock for this week. And I know what you guys are thinking. There's two punishments waiting for me. I've gotten two wrong. And let me tell you, stay tuned. This weekend, I'm going to pay off both of those punishments. Both of them. This weekend, Joe, and you're going to be there. Really? Yeah, we're going to pay off those punishments. Uh, and here's the punishment. Joe has to put up a shelf in my bedroom. Oh, that's the punishment. Yeah. Make sure you stick around for that video, guys. Can't that's going to be hilarious that sucks for you i'll give you i'll give you one of them is going to be a surprise punishment but they're both going to be in the same video they're going to be on my instagram okay. underscore average joe show our instagram uh it's going to be on the instagram so make sure you go there uh, i'm going to eat a very spicy pepper this is taking a little inspiration from uh the mic'd up podcast shout out to them because i forgot again shout out to the mic'd up podcast uh I'm going to eat a very spicy pepper, and then we're going to throw in a little surprise one. So you have to you have to watch the video. Make sure you go watch the video, uh, and make sure you follow us if you're there. Uh, but yeah, the Vikings, good win, uh, and I don't have to have another punishment piled up on top of those two already. Now we move on to the next segment, uh, and it's called Dead Narratives. Dead narrative. Joe, what's a narrative? Why don't you, why don't you, you know, just let the audience at home know what a narrative is. Sorry, I'm just watching uh, dry aging meat tutorials. <laughs> He's been watching this video the entire time I've been talking. I'm not even kidding you. Dry aging meat? Yeah. Now he's showing me. He's got to turn his brightness up. Mm, they're even talking. You're, you have the subtitles on? Yeah. Okay. Why are you watching this? I've been really interested in dry aging meat lately. <laughs> okay. I would love to. Look at that. Okay. Wow, that's great. So, what's a narrative? <laughs> a narrative? Yeah. Is um. You know I'm bad with that kind of stuff. I don't. I don't know that. A narrative. You're good, man. I know a what narrative. a narrator is. A narrative. It's kind of like a, like something that I don't even know really how to describe it. I was really hoping that you would tell me, and then I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Have to. But a narrative essentially is something that people believe or something that people, uh, you know, foretell. Uh, happening so it's something that like kind of uh, I don't know and they talk about it a lot in football it's like this is a narrative that people have going into a season like say the narrative for so long was the Patriots are just going to dominate and win the Super Bowl and that's just a narrative something that someone says a lot yeah almost exactly yeah yeah exactly it's, it's very much like that and that narrative would be dead now obviously uh, because the Patriots no longer have Tom Brady uh, and, and they're now four and five with Cam Newton have, have looked ugly at times. So that's a dead narrative. I'm going to talk more dead narratives uh, now that we're over halfway through the 2020 NFL season. The first dead narrative we have uh, is the Dolphins made a huge mistake by taking Tua Tungavailoa over Justin Herbert. This was something that people were talking about since the moment Justin Herbert played that first game and played really well. People were saying, uh-oh, Miami's looks dumb. Uh, and, you know, in the end, they could, they still could. I'm not going to say that because Tua beat Justin Herbert this week that Tua is the better quarterback. Case closed. It's over. No, Justin Herbert has still overall played better than Tua has this season. Justin Herbert still is probably going to win Rookie of the Year. But I think for now that, that narrative is dead because we saw Justin Herbert kind of come back to earth 
We saw Justin Herbert not be a complete world beater. Uh, we saw him play like a rookie, which we hadn't really seen up to this point. Uh, and we saw Tua really outplay him, uh, despite you know Justin Herbert having more passing yards this week uh, and stuff like that. I think Tua played a better game. Uh, and finally, you know the Dolphins fans don't have to hear all that noise uh, that they made a horrible mistake not drafting Justin Herbert uh, and instead drafting Tua at number five. And sticking along with the Tua uh, narrative, there's another narrative that I think is very much dead at this point, and it was something that was very loud for very long, even with people in my own personal life saying uh, it was a mistake to start Tua when Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing so well. And this was something that really grinded my gears for a long time because I had been pounding the table for the Dolphins to start Tua uh, despite Ryan Fitzpatrick playing fairly well. And I think now with Miami now 3-0 and under Tua and him just improving and seeming like he's He's not scared. He's not worried at all, uh, you know, about that injury. He, he, he's played well. Uh, those are gone. People now understand, okay, Tua is better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, his numbers might not look as, as good as Ryan Fitzpatrick's did uh, when he was playing, but Tua is a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Tua can make throws that Ryan Fitzpatrick can't make. Tua doesn't make the stupid mistakes that Ryan Fitzpatrick makes. And as well as Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing at times this season, I think he was overrated a little bit. And I think that narrative is very, very much dead now. Uh, Tua, it was the right decision. And I think this team has honestly gotten better since Tua took over. Uh, I'm not going to say that's all because of him taking over. I think this defense has taken another step. Special teams has been incredible. Uh, and like I said, that narrative is dead. And and going along with the with the rookie quarterback theme, another narrative that has very much died this season, it is six feet under dead and that is rookie quarterbacks will struggle because of the lack of a real offseason slash preseason. Uh, this is something that we heard a lot. We said, oh, don't expect Joe Burrow to be good right from the beginning because he didn't have an offseason to prepare. He didn't have a preseason to prepare. Don't expect Justin Herbert to come in and play really, really well from the beginning. Uh, don't expect Tua to look like he knows what he's doing right away. Uh, that is dead because Herbert and Burrow, like we talked about, they've been... Phenomenal, really, through this whole season. Uh, there's been obviously times where they look like a rookie, times where they've struggled, but that's to be expected. They haven't looked any worse because of the lack of an offseason. Uh, and, and like I said, Tua's played good. They look comfortable. They look like professional quarterbacks. They don't look uh, like college kids uh, so far. Um, and you had Tua coming out and saying this week uh, that it's not as hard as I thought it was going to be, which... Could be something that might come to bite him in the butt eventually. Maybe not something that you want to say. Although his, I think his words were taken a little bit out of context. Uh, and like I said, yeah, these quarterbacks, they just, they've played so well. And we saw this in 2011 during the lockout year when, when everybody was saying, all oh, these rookies coming in, they're not going to be able to play uh, as well as normal rookies because the lockout, because they don't have that time to prepare. And then what did we get? We had AJ Green, Julio Jones, Cam Newton, J.J. Watt, Vaughn Miller, uh, Patrick Peterson in that draft. The 2011 draft class is one of the best draft classes of all time. So I think if you have, if you're a good football player, you're going to play good football. And that, that doesn't matter if there's a preseason, training camp, any of that. Obviously, it helps to have those things, but that narrative is dead that these quarterbacks were not going to play well uh, without that stuff. They, they've blown uh, everybody's expectations out of the water so far. And on to the next dead narrative, and this one is, this one is dead and gone. We, you couldn't find the body for this narrative. It is so dead, blown into smithereens. And that was the Texas, the Texans won the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And I know what you're thinking, Joe. Who in their right mind would ever have even said this narrative? And this is one of those narratives. You know, it died young because it was not around for very long. Uh, this was essentially around from the first carry that, that David Johnson had uh, there on opening night against the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody was thinking, oh my goodness, David Johnson looks really good all of a sudden. Maybe they didn't make a mistake. And then cut to now, and the Houston Texans are 2-7. and seven. Bill O'Brien is fired. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has the second most receiving yards in the NFL. Uh, and David Johnson hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, so yes, the Texans, surprise, surprise, did not win the DeAndre Hopkins trade. We saw this week uh, very much uh, 
plain and simple, black and white, how amazing DeAndre Hopkins is and how he can completely change an offense. And that brings me to my next narrative. And that was something that we heard a lot uh, going into the season. That was, it's going to take some time for these big free agent receivers uh, to to produce in their new homes. You know, it's going to take time to build chemistry with their new quarterbacks. Guys like DeAndre Hopkins, guys like uh, like Stephon Diggs, we're like, oh, you know, don't expect too much from them right away because they got to build that chemistry. And all that that has happened so far this season is Stephon Diggs is the number one in receiving yards this season. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is number two. Both those guys in brand new places. Then you have Robbie Anderson, a guy who was a big free agent receiver. Number five in receiving yards. He's kind of been under the radar, had, had a sleeper, really good season. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs have come in and done the exact opposite of take time to to build chemistry. They've completely changed the offenses on, on these teams. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has made uh, Kyler Murray look really great at times. We saw that be very evident this week. And Stephon Diggs has been honestly the best receiver in football this year. I was impressed. I did not think Stephon Diggs would play as well as he has this season. I was sleeping on the Bills very much, obviously, uh, this whole offseason. And Stephon Diggs has been phenomenal. Uh, and then my next narrative that is dead, and this one died this week, this Sunday, and that was that, oh, yeah, the NFC East is bad. Yes, all their teams are bad, but the Eagles are going to win this division. Uh, and you can book that. Uh, and that narrative is dead uh, you know and this is something that i thought going into this week i thought okay the nfc east is terrible uh every team's terrible but but the eagles are are better than everybody else uh, and i thought that was that was just obvious the eagles have looked like the better team at times that's not the case anymore i think that narrative is dead uh, they lost the giants and they nearly lost the giants the first time they played them they played close with the dallas cowboys they lost to washington so they've they've really lost or been close to losing to every one of these teams. And honestly, nobody in this division should be the favorite. No longer should we think, oh yeah, the Eagles are a shoe-in to win this division because it's so bad. Either one of these teams could win this division. And this is, division is as wide open as the, as a division can be because all three of, all four of these teams are awful. I don't care if you want to say that the Giants are the best three and seven team you've ever seen in your whole life. They're still a three and seven team. Daniel Jones is still not a very good quarterback. I don't trust their defense. Uh, and then you talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz has been horrendous at times this season. He was so bad on Sunday. And I'm done. I'm done trying to believe in the Eagles. I'm done trying to put them automatically in the playoffs. Uh, first place uh, in the NFC East. Because this this could go to anybody. Honestly, Washington might start playing better with Alex Smith. Who knows with Dallas. I, I'm going to say Dallas probably won't win the division. But who knows. Like I said, nobody in this... Nobody in this division deserves the benefit of the doubt at this point. And then we move on to the final narrative that has died. And it's me taking a little bit of accountability. Uh, I've tried to do this numerous times this season. Uh, and this is for Buffalo Bills fans. You know, they had a heartbreaking loss this week. And I'm going to say that the narrative that Josh Allen is a bad quarterback is officially dead. And, you know, it was probably dead for a while, but I've only recently found the body. Um... And I talked until I was blue in the face in the offseason about how I'd... And it wasn't just me. A lot of people were talking about this. A lot of people... PFF didn't... Was very was very hard on Josh Allen. Uh, and some of them still are. Uh, and, and I did not think Josh Allen was a good quarterback going into the season. I did not think that he was going to develop into a good quarterback. But he's completely shut up all the haters, including myself. Uh, he's improved drastically in, all across the board in every statistical category, essentially. Uh, his completion percentage has gone up from 58% last year <clears throat> to 68% this year. Uh, he already has more passing touchdowns this season than he did last season. He's got 21 this year. He had 20 last season. Uh, he's number one in passing yards this season. He's leading the league in passing yards, people. I mean, he's a legitimate MVP candidate. The Bills are 7-3 and three despite a tough loss this season. Uh, they are very much in in the hunt as far as AFC contenders go. Uh, and this is, you know, where I stick my hand up and say I was wrong about Josh Allen. And he's he's made me look bad, and he's an MVP candidate. And the narrative that he's a bad quarterback, uh, he's a he's a glorified running back, that was wrong. He's he's really impressed me this season. So congrats to Josh Allen uh, and the Bills. They, they've, they've blown my expectations out of the water. 
but my Miami Dolphins are still coming for that division. That kind of wraps up my dead narratives uh, portion of the podcast. Now we move on to the final part of the podcast. We're going to try to blow through uh, my week 11 picks. And how did I do last week, you might ask? Uh, I went 10-4, and four, baby, so not a bad week. I'm 88-43 and 43 on the season. I did not pick week one games, so that's not included in there. And I hit my lock last week, Minnesota over Chicago. And first up, on Thursday Night Football, uh, we have the Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. And this is a tough game to pick. I, I wanted to pick the Seahawks just purely on narrative because we've been talking about narratives on this podcast. I just feel like they're going to get off, you know, this 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 skid they've been on this you know with Russell Wilson playing bad he's got to have a bounce back game but I just can't pick against the Cardinals right now I think the Cardinals are playing too well and I think honestly the Cardinals are a better team than the Seattle Seahawks right now so I have the Cardinals winning in a high scoring affair I'm going to say they win 38 to 34 I think it's going to be another fun game like it always is when these two teams uh, face off so I got the Cardinals winning in Seattle uh, obviously, that's not a big home field advantage with no fans there anymore. Then we move on to Sunday's game. We got Tennessee at Baltimore, uh, and I'm going to take Baltimore. Uh, I, I, this is, again, I think Baltimore is just going to get off the schneid. Uh, I think that um, Tennessee's defense is awful, and Baltimore could really take advantage of that uh, with their run game. And then we move on to D- Detroit and Carolina. I struggled to pick this game because Teddy Bridgewater might not play. But then we would get to see a, maybe a little bit of P.J. Walker, the XFL MVP, my guy, for the Houston Roughnecks play. So I'm picking Carolina over Detroit. That would be exciting to see P.J. Walker win a game uh, outside of the XFL. And then Philadelphia at Cleveland. I hate the Eagles, so I'm going to pick uh, the Cleveland Browns because the Eagles have just disappointed me every week. Uh, so the Cle- I, I, I'm going to pick Cleveland, one of my darling teams, to, to pick up another big win and stay uh, right in contention with that AFC uh, wild card race. And then we have New England at Houston. Uh, Houston's just really bad. Their defense is bad. And I could see uh, the Patriots having a big week running the ball. So I'm going to say that the Patriots beat Houston. And then we have Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. Steelers are going to win this game. They're just a lot better. Obviously, they're undefeated. Jacksonville Jaguars have one win on the season. So I'm going to pick Pittsburgh. And then Atlanta at New Orleans. Even without Drew Brees, I'm still going to pick New Orleans, I think they're coming together and really, really kind of becoming that full team that we thought they would be. Their defense is playing better. So I'm going to pick New Orleans. And then Cincinnati at Washington, I could see this defensive line giving Joe Burrow a really tough time. And I'm going to see Alex Smith pick up a win uh, as a starter. So I'm going to pick Washington. And then the Los Angeles Chargers at the New York Jets. I'm going to pick the Chargers to win that game, have a bounce back game. Miami at Denver. There's a good chance Drew Locke will not play in this game. And Brett Ripien is going to have a tough, tough time against this Dolphins defense. So I'm going to pick Miami to win and what is probably going to be a blowout, honestly. Uh, and then Green Bay at Indianapolis. This is a really interesting game. But I'm actually going to pick the Colts. I was really impressed by them this last week. Uh, despite Green Bay being a really good team, uh, Green Bay has had some, some stinkers. They almost did not beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. This week, so I'm going to pick the Colts in that in that solid defense to outgun uh, the Green Bay Packers, and then Dallas at Minnesota. Uh, Dallas coming off a bye week. I don't think that's enough. I think Minnesota's playing well. Dallas has statistically the worst run defense in the history of football, and then they're facing Delvin Cook, so that could get ugly. Minnesota's going to win that game, and then Kansas City at Las Vegas. On Sunday night football, and this is my lock of the week because I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. I know Las Vegas beat them early on in the season, but I think uh, Andy Reid coming off a bye week, he's he's one of the best coaches ever coming off bye weeks. Uh, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to beat the, the Las Vegas Raiders. And then to end things on Monday night football, the Los Angeles Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, give me the Rams. I'm going to, Tampa Bay has not played well, uh, again, uh, on prime time. And I, I could see that kind of, kind of keeping on going here. And the Rams have been, I think, underrated. That whole division is, is really talented. I'm going to pick the Rams to beat the Buccaneers. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see the Buccaneers kind of 
you know, take shape into what we expect them to be. But I'm going to pick the Rams on Monday Night Football. And then Buffalo, Chicago, New York, uh, Giants, and the San Francisco 49ers are your four teams on bye week. So make sure you check your fantasy lineups this week, Joe. Uh, but that kind of wraps up this week's show. Uh, might be a little bit of a long one this week. I don't know. I had a good time. If you guys enjoyed it, make sure uh, that you share it. Like I said, uh, you guys have no idea how much uh, it helps the podcast if you share it with a friend or you share it on social media or anything. Uh, taking a few seconds to do that will make a huge difference for us. Uh, and you know, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore average Joe Show. Uh, leave us a good rating. And like I said, if you put anything in the description of that rating, we will say it or answer it on this podcast. Anything, even non-football related, we'll say it. Uh, as long as it's not mean or hurtful uh, or something that will get us canceled. But uh, excited for the second half of the NFL season. Uh, week 10 was really fun. A lot of fun games in week 11. Uh, but until then, we will catch you guys on the next one.